You're listening to Run With The Bulls, a podcast discussing a unique approach to everyday finance with everyday people. Run With The Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro, a financial wellness company. Now, your hosts, author Danny Kofke and the royalty of financial wellness, Whitney Queen. Welcome to Run With The Bulls. My name is Danny Kofke and I'm a motivational mentor with Mentoro. I'm joined by the president of Mentoro, Whitney Queen. Hey, Whit. Hey, Danny, and hello to our listeners. And happy holidays to everybody. On today's episode, we're going to talk about a classic holiday film that's kind of related to finance. It's A Wonderful Life. Um, And it's actually one of my favorite movies and it makes me cry every time I watch Mm -hmm. it. So even though it came out over 75 years ago, there are still some economic themes that ring true today. Like how I did that with the word ring, since every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Very, very true. A classic line from the movie. Mm -hmm. So, and here's something interesting. There was a research paper done in which the authors asked economic educators around the country to identify five films they found most useful in teaching economics. You have any guesses on some of these films, Whit? Um, well, I would say, I mean, this is probably a no brainer, but I would say The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And that movie, did you know that movie actually uh, has the most F words in it? Really? I read that somewhere, yes. Wow, <laughs> even the original? Yep. I mean, watch, watch. I mean, they, I don't <sighs> know. I didn't count them, but, um, but yes. So, um, but yeah, that is a good guess. And that is actually one of the top 10. So, other flicks in the top 10 include Moneyball, Wall Street, And The Hunger Games, which is interesting. But the number one film economic educators use is It's a Wonderful Life. Well, you learn something every day, don't you? Uh uh One of the most obvious financial situations in this film is the bank run scene. Yeah, that's a classic one. And just a little background info before we play the clip. So this scene takes place around the time of the Great Depression. So the main character, George Bailey, is in charge of a bank like institution called the building and loan. Like many cities during this time, the town is going through tough times and struggling economically. All of a sudden, a slew of customers start showing up at the building and loan demanding their money. Here's the clip. You're lending them the money to build and then they're gonna pay it back to you as best they can. Now, what are you gonna do, foreclose on them? I got $242 in here and $242 isn't going to break anybody. Okay, Tom. All right. Here you are. You sign this. You get your money in 60 days. 60 days? Well, that's what you agreed to when you bought your shares. Tom, Tom, did you get your money? No. Well, I did. Old man Putter will pay 50 cents on the dollar for every share you got. 50 cents on the dollar? Yes, cash. Well, what do you say? Oh, Tom, you have to stick to your original agreement. Now, give us 60 days on this. Okay, Randall. Are you going to Putter's? Better to get half than nothing. Now listen, now listen to me. I, I beg of you not to do this thing. 
If Potter gets a hold of this building and alone, there'll never be another decent house built in this town. He's already got charge of the bank, he's got the bus line, he's got the department stores, and now he's after us. Why? Well, it's very simple, because we're cutting in on his business, that's why. And because he wants to keep you living in his slums and paying the kind of rent he decides. Joe, you had one of those Potter houses, didn't you? Well, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten what he charged you for that broken down shack? Here, Ed, you know, you remember last year when things weren't going so well and you couldn't make your payments? Well, you didn't lose your house, did you? You think Potter would have let you keep it? Can't you understand what's happening here? Don't you see what's happening? Potter isn't selling, Potter's buying. And why? Because we're panicky and he's not, that's why. He's picking up some bargain. Now, we, we can get through this thing, all right. We, we've got to stick together, though. We've got to have faith in each other. But my husband hasn't worked in over a year, and I need money. How am I going to live until the bank opens? I got doctor bills to pay. I need cash. I can't I keep my kids on faith. I've got to have... How much do you need? Hey! I got $2,000. Here's $2,000. This will tie us over to the bank reopens. All right, Tom, how much do you need? $242. Oh, Tom, just enough to tide you over into the bank reopens. I'll take $242. There you are. That'll close my account. Your account's still here. That's a loan. Okay. All right, Ed. Well, I got $300 here, George. All right, now, Ed, well, what'll it take until the bank opens? What, what do you need? Well, I, I suppose... $20? $20. Now you're talking. Right. Thanks, Ed. That's fine. All right. Now, Miss Thompson, how much do you want? But it's your own money, now, George. Never mind about that. How much do you want well, now? I can get along with $20, all right. $20. Fine. And I'll sign yeah, the yeah. paper. You don't have to sign anything. I know. You, you pay when you can. That's okay. All right, Miss Davis. Could I have $17.50? That's <laughs> your heart. Of course you can have it. You got 50 cents? Seven. We're going to make it, George. Six. I'll never close this up today. Five. Four. Three. Two, one, bingo! We made it, Cosador Eustace. We made it. Look, look, we're still in business. We still got two bucks left. Well, look, let's have some of that. Let's celebrate. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. When we get back, a look at why this is and is not a bank run. Great news. You don't have to visit Spain to run with the bulls. Unless you want to get trampled, visit MyMentoro.com and use organization code RUNWITHTHEBULLS to set up your free account today. Welcome back. On this episode, we are discussing some financial lessons we can learn from the classic holiday movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Before the break, we played a clip that depicted what seems to be a bank run. Mm -hmm. But the building and loan is not a bank. So what exactly is a building and loan? I think that's a great question. A building and loan is actually called a building society and is a financial institution owned by its members as a mutual organization. Building societies offer banking and related services, especially savings and mortgage lending. So these really exist? Yeah, actually. They are in the United Kingdom, Australia, and even New Zealand. They are kind of similar to a credit union in organization, but instead of offering loans, their main purpose is to provide home mortgages to members. Okay, so just like, and it's a wonderful life. Right. Can you imagine like what that would be like right now to have <laughs> that with how crazy right. the that mortgage? would be. Wow. Yeah, 7% I wonder, interest. I know. I know. Yes. I wonder how different it would be. Anyway. Borrowers and depositors are society members, setting policy and appointing directors. Building societies often provide other retail banking services, such as current accounts, credit cards, and personal loans. Okay, so in the movie, people could get a mortgage loan from the Bailey Building and Loan. 
Yes, it is a way for a community to be able to fund each other's home building. But the movie embellishes a bit because a run really would not happen like it can at a bank. Because in these associations, you have to take turns taking out a loan. Everyone could not take out their money at the same time. Right. But bank runs, they can and they do happen. So let's just go back a little bit from earlier this year, Silicon Valley Bank. That's right. A bank run occurs when depositors, that is customers, attempt to withdraw their money deposits from a bank because their fear is that the institution will fail. Mm -hmm. People will attempt to get their cash out at the same time before the bank becomes insolvent and collapses. As more customers withdraw their deposits, a bank can use up all its cash reserves and end up defaulting. Right. And, and, you know, we think it's pretty obvious, though, like a big bank, let's just say like Bank of America. I don't know how much many people bank with Bank of America, but I'm thinking it's probably a lot and they probably have billions of dollars in assets. But do they actually have that at the bank? I can go up to this local branch office. No. they. I mean, I don't even know how much they have in their safes, but I would probably imagine it's – I have no clue, but probably less than a million dollars. I, I don't – So It's so true. Like when I – if you guys have seen um, the show Ozark and in like yeah. the very beginning of season one, he tries to go and get like millions of dollars right. and put it in a suitcase. And that's where I first kind of started to lose it on the show because I'm like, that's – very rare that right. something like that would happen. But it's a really fantastic show regardless. But yeah, those things are so unlikely in today's society. Right, right. But they were a lot more common in the 1930s during the Great Depression. So, you know, because back then the banks, a lot of them did actually have that much cash. Think about it. Well, we before. didn't have digital currency. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So Funny something to uh, kind of go with cash is king. We just had this conversation over Thanksgiving. It was kind of with Ava. And she was talking about, because she's 19, so she was talking about people that have fake IDs. And someone uh. was like, oh, if you have a fake ID, you should never list your name on it, your actual name on a fake ID, which makes sense. But she said, but now if you go and you have a fake ID and you use a debit card or a credit card, it has your actual name on it and they don't line up. So I thought about that. I'm thinking, golly, back when I had a fake ID, we had to, like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have plastic. I used cash. I said, once again, cash is king. That's right. <laughs> there it that is. That is right. Cash. That's hysterical. Oh, no, I never even thought of that. Okay. All right, back. <laughs> Just on a side note. Um, so bank runs, they were, because once again, didn't have, like, you know, we can't use plastic in the 1930s. So they were a lot more common during the Great Depression. But the great news now is that every bank account is insured up to $250,000. So if you have more than that in a savings account, well, uh, congratulations, first off. But secondly, you should consider moving some to another bank to make sure you are fully insured. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I can't imagine, I mean, if, if who knows? I mean, if it ever came to the point where, like, that collapsed, I mean, we'd probably have zombie apocalypse and, you know, money probably wouldn't be worth anything anyways. But it is kind of refreshing to know that, you know, if a bank, like in the case of Silicon Valley, $250,000, you're going to, you know, have yeah. that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, in other words, we've kind of learned from some of our past mistakes. Yes. So it's time to go hang up our stockings, Danny. By right. the chimney with care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All kidding aside, when we return, more lessons from It's a Wonderful Life. Connect with us on social media. Search at Mentoro Group on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Welcome back. On this episode, we've been discussing the financial lessons we can learn from the classic holiday movie, 
It's a Wonderful Life. A sad part about this movie is when Uncle Billy lost a huge chunk of change. Yeah, poor Uncle Billy. So he had $8,000 in cash that he brought to the bank to deposit. While doing so, he spots the evil Mr. Potter being wheeled in, so he was confined to a wheelchair, and he greets him by grabbing the newspaper Mr. Potter was holding. On the front of this newspaper, there was a story about George's brother, Billy, winning the Congressional Medal of Honor. Uncle Billy is bragging about this, but accidentally places the stack of bills in the newspaper and hands it back to Mr. Potter. Oh, that's so cringe. Yes, it is. Mm. It is. Uncle Billy doesn't realize his mistake until he hands the bank teller his deposit slip. And when asked for the money, he can't find it. While this is going on, Mr. Potter watches and laughs. So you're right, Danny. He is a little evil. He was. Yes, yes. So a big lesson we can learn is to not place all our trust in certain people. So I'm not trying to throw poor Uncle Billy under the bus, but throughout the movie, he is you know, depicted as someone I would not trust to hold $10, let alone eight grand. <laughs> In fact, it was actually a lot more than $8,000. That it was. Remember, this movie came out in 1946, so $8,000 then has the same power as over $112,000 today. That's inflation for you. Yeah, yeah. And no offense, Whitney, I trust you and all, but I wouldn't let you walk around with $112,000 of my money. No? I mean, no, I mean, I've seen you park a car and like leave it running. Oh, my gosh. I mean, do I speak truth? Look, okay, there. Okay, everybody, we were in Las Vegas for a conference. There was construction going on. I had a gaggle of geeses in the back of the car (laughs) Uh running rampant, Danny being one of them. Mm -hmm. And I was in a different kind of car that I don't typically drive. And I just, you know, I just forgot that... I left the car running. I mean, it happens simple, every day. simple mistake. That's not a $112,000 mistake. You'd sir. be a little more careful with that, maybe? I do make sure I have the keys in my hand when I leave the car. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I learn. Well, good. Okay. Well, maybe I'd let you maybe hold 20000 but I still probably won't let you do one hundred and twelve. Twenty thousand. 20000 The things I could do with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anyway. But getting back to the story, (laughs) this tragic scene leads to the greatest part of the movie. After the money cannot be found, George is threatened with arrest and his building and loan is out of cash and facing collapse. Right. And then George tries to kill himself by jumping Mm. off a bridge, but is rescued by an angel named Clarence. George then wishes he was never born. At that point, Clarence grants his wish and we get to see the impact that George had. Exactly. So sorry for the spoiler alert, but it's been out for 75 years. So if you haven't seen it yet, I don't know that we're spoiling anything. After seeing all the people that he had touched, George asked to live again and is granted the wish. Right. And and during this time when George, um, you know, was, you know, thought he was, you know, in the midst of all that contemplating suicide, his wife went to work. So she knew that he was in trouble and talked to all the people George had helped over his over time. And I guess that could be the most important lesson. Marry well. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he had a good wife. So, But his goodwill with his customers and friends led them to gather all the money they could and bail George out. I love that. Mm-hmm. In fact, the sheriff who was there to arrest George was so impressed that he rips up the warrant. Right. And, and then towards the end of the movie, we are taught what I think is the most important lesson. George reads a message from Clarence to Angel that says, Dear George, remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Mm. What a great message to end with this holiday season. Mm -hmm. While it's pretty obvious that we feel money is important, I mean, you can't 
live in today's world without right. it, certainly. It's what you do with it that counts. Mr. Potter had a lot more money than George, but was much less wealthy. Right. And, and you know, I, I think back on, you know, some of the things that happened in my life with seeing, like, my grandmother pass and my dad pass. And I think, you know, like when my dad passed, he was surrounded, I guess, by, like, 10 people, you know, loved ones. So, like, hey, there. When my grandmother, end of her days, had to be put on a ventilator and kind of became vent dependent. So we knew we were going to have to take her off. But walking through critical care and like you would pass rooms and people would be in there all alone, like hooked to a ventilator. And it's like, gosh, it really to that that point in life, it doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive, how big your house is. You know, and I don't know what those people's stories were. Maybe people were just out, you know, and they weren't with them at that point. But it's just kind of sad. Like, it's like, wow, does it really, you know. Money's important. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we need money to do things, but also think, uh, you know, doing it for the right reasons as well. And we were reminded right. of that too, going and in, in interviewing Laura Hope Whitaker with Extra Special yeah. People. Like, it's just like giving back and, and that that's truly, you know, to me what it's about. Yeah, 100%. And um, kind of like all the people who came to bail out George, imagine when you do fall on hard times, or if a friend of yours fell on hard times, right. being able to help them or receive that help, it's really hard to do when you don't have strong relationships, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I think there are so many wonderful lessons from this movie. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it, um, you know, it'll be on. Uh, they, NBC usually plays it every year. Bring, so. bring the tissues. Yes, yes, 100%. So I think I just heard a bell ring. And you know what that means. That does it for this episode. Please check us out on social media. We are at all your usual places. And if you ever have an idea for a topic you'd like us to cover, feel free to email us at podcast at mentorogroup.com. Whitney, thank you for chatting. And no matter what holiday you celebrate, we wish you love and happiness this season. Thank you for listening. Catch us next time as we run with the bulls. Run with the bulls is sponsored by Mentoro and hosted by Danny Kofke and Whitney Queen. Learn more by visiting mentorogroup.com.